What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Comics Collective. My name is Nick. My name is Quinn. And Sonny is off today. He is not with us, but uh, he he's will not be dead. <laughs> I said, hey, I said he's not with us. I didn't say he's no longer with us. He is alive. Um, but on today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, Jesus Christ. Why do I always fumble here? Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Luke Fox becoming Batwing in the next season of Batwoman. And then we're going to be talking about Loki. And we're also going to be talking about the uh, stuff that's going on with Capcom and what has happened with them getting sued. And we're going to talk about what we've been reading, uh, the main part of this podcast. But before we do that, let's go ahead and pull out your cell phones, pull out your laptops, pull out your Blackberries, pull out your watches, and go ahead and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. Comics Collect I3, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Comics Collective, Facebook, and one of the other social medias. I can't remember now. Sure, one of those. Yeah, you'll find but, us. It's fine. Yeah. There, if, if, if it's not Comics Collective, it's Comics Collect I3. You'll find us one, the, one way or the other. But anyway, let's go ahead and hop right into it. Let's go ahead and uh, start off with what the people want. Probably let's let's start off with Loki. Oh, my Quinn. God. OK, uh, so, uh, yeah, we got uh, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson is starring in a new Loki series on Disney Plus. Uh, first episode dropped on a Wednesday, which is going to be their new release schedule. It just dropped today as we're recording. Um, I thought it was really good. And this is coming from someone who is not super excited about hearing about a, a Loki series when it originally got announced. It just felt like a fan service movie or TV show to me. Um, don't get me wrong. We all love Loki, but I didn't know if it was going to carry its own project. Uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. I had a lot of fun with it. And the show itself is um, very lighthearted in a way. I yeah. really, really liked how they explain time travel really simply um, that there's an agency, the time variance variance agency uh, that literally just rolls in when anybody like diverges from their like destined path. And they come in, they basically like wipe them away from existence so that time can continue to do what it's supposed to do. Um, yeah. I thought it was very interesting how they played this. Uh, this is specifically Loki right after um, what happened in Endgame, where he grabbed the Tesseract. And we now learn that he ended up in like the middle of the desert trying to escape. <laughs> Uh, I thought he would have jumped to maybe like a different time period or, or something. I don't exactly know how that stone works. Um, but man, yeah, I, I just want to go down the list and uh, I, I, I want us to, to both talk about uh, different points in the show that. Uh, so, Nick, uh, why don't you go first? Yeah. Um, so there was up until the part where he was in front of the judge. I was very much thinking like, OK, he's getting persecuted for this. But why didn't the Avengers get persecuted for what they did? <laughs> and then like I was just pounding in my head the whole time. I was like, why, why, why? This doesn't make any sense. But then yeah. it made sense. You know, like, I mean, I guess, you know, well, they, they explained it. <laughs> yeah. 
they explained yeah. they said well that was supposed to happen and uh and, and i mean they really could make the argument that they put everything back that they messed up anyway yeah um mm-hmm. so you know we we now know that that was like a destined thing um and so uh i thought that was really i thought that was really funny <laughs> And I mean, just starting from the beginning, um, I mean, I definitely enjoyed enjoy the lighthearted humor of this one. It's not, you know, super heavy like WandaVision and it's not also super heavy like uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Also. I swear to God, I did not know that it was Owen Wilson until I looked it up. That is the first time I did not know that that was Owen Wilson until I looked it up. Oh, did you not know he was in the show? Mm-mm. I didn't look at the cast or anything like that beforehand. Oh, right. And then after a couple of shots, I was like, I know that nose. Who is that? I know that voice. <laughs> and after I looked it up, I was like, OK, that makes a little bit more sense. But. I feel like that this is the first character and I could definitely be wrong, but this is the first character that he's played where he's fairly unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah, I think so, because he usually like it's funny. I was actually like just at the gym before recording and uh, they have a bunch of TVs up there and they were uh, they were talking on like some kind of like tabloid, you know, some kind of tabloid show, but they were interviewing him. Um, and uh, the more I think about it, the more I realize that Owen Wilson doesn't change his appearance very often. And I think that's what mm-hmm. was so shocking. Even during the interview, he still had that like signature, like dirty blonde, you know, mop haircut. Mm-hmm. And so it's very interesting that they went with like uh, an older look to him with very short hair. Um, yeah. And I swear to God, I cannot place where I know him from. But the guy that he hands the Tesseract to that like works in like the mail room, I guess. Or like the sort room for like yes. objects that come in. Yeah. I swear he is so familiar familiar to me and I just can't place it. But he was also really funny. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes is the one involving him where he was just like, oh, yeah, Infinity Stones. Yeah, we have like a drawer full of them. Like, you know, everybody uses them as like paperweights around here. Like, yeah. <laughs> So that was really that's funny that that's yeah. that's how often that people must mess up the time loop with the infinity stones that they end up having to bring them in to the time variance agency and they just have a drawer full of them. <laughs> but um yeah, uh gosh. Um I also got a lot of uh Fallout video game vibes from the uh from like the intro video explaining the time variance agency when Loki is like getting processed mm. like that very like 1950s cartoon vibe. I really liked <laughs> and I like how even though this is an agency that exists some sometime outside of time and space, they still have like very old but also new technology. I like that everything is like old school box TVs from like 40s and 50s but like with gadgets and stuff attached to them like especially the thing that was in the elevator where they like laser off his clothing (laughs) that was really funny and then uh the thing that was streaming his uh loki's timeline was a film reel that was pretty cool i like that and definitely enjoyed that let me tell you um i feel like somebody at marvel studios gets a group together 
of like people that have watched these movies and just go, all right, what's the problems here? And and like, you know, everyone's like, all right, well, Thor 2 sucked. Uh, we need to make that better somehow. And like, you know, like all, all this stuff, like exactly your question. Why was the Avengers allowed to mess with time? But Loki wasn't and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time we have a question, even if just briefly, they always fix that problem. Yeah. This is not the first time that they've actually done that. And I, I'm sad to say, I, I really don't like Thor 2, but they've made that sh- that movie like way more relevant than it was when it came out. Because, mm-hmm. mm. I mean, they've brought that up in... Was it Endgame? Or was it Infinity War? I think it was Endgame. And then they mm. had to go back in time... Thor had to deal with the fact that his mom died again, and then Loki also had to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. And for for him, because he's you know a past version of Loki, that was his first time seeing himself betray or try to betray Thor and end up with his mom dying, um, or his adoptive mother. But uh, it, it's so funny that that movie just becomes more and more and more pivotal and relevant than it was when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh are are you excited for more episodes i think this has me on board yeah i think i'm caught in uh i'm definitely on board for it i mean honestly the one of the main things that's catching me is owen wilson i mean his the yeah you haven't seen him in anything in a long time and just him being in you know a major marvel tv series is definitely a change of pace i'm yeah. excited to see where he takes that personally but also, I'm definitely was uh, spoiler alert. I was definitely pretty excited to see that the person that he's been chasing was, which all kind of figured uh, was himself. You know, they're trying to chase himself down. Uh, yeah, the, I'm kind of. I'm I'm kind of wondering where he comes from. Um, like it's not it's not our same Loki plucked from what 2012. Uh, so where, where else was, did Loki escape through the time stream yeah. is what the interesting, like who done it kind of, you know, question going to be, um, I find it also interesting that they chose to not show us him in that first episode. Yeah. So I felt it, that was kind of weird too. So I wonder if there's a particular reason. So, uh. And- yeah, I mean, I, mean, I know it's probably a far stretch and it's probably not true, but just that the the cape or whatever cloak that he was wearing gives me Earth X Loki vibes. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, yeah. I know that's a stretch, but that's probably not it. But like that just that's just the feeling that I got when I saw yeah. that. Oh, yeah, man. Loki was a lot more like demonic looking in that one, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But um. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about the series. Um, I really like that. I mean, we knew it from the trailers, but I also thought the the DB Cooper uh, thing was very like exciting to watch, even though knowing it was coming. Um, I, I always really love that show Prison Break, and they always talk about DB Cooper on that one. And so uh, <laughs> it was really cool to see like Marvel spin on it, saying like, oh, well, the reason why no one ever found him was because it was Loki. And, you know, clearly he never hit the ground. So that's why we never found him. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and anyone that knows the story knows that they found the they found some of the bills from when he like 
you know, the, the actual stories that he jumps off of, you know, jumps out with a parachute and some of the money is found, but he was never found. And so, you know, you see the money floating in the air and there you go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, Loki has me very, very interested. Um, again, Marvel's doing a, a great job making sure that everyone is staying entertained and the fact that we are now two shows deep with one now currently going, um, it gives me a little bit of hope for uh, for Black Widow. I'm still not super excited about that movie, but uh, if they can make all these things that I wasn't particularly interested in, like uh, Scarlet Witch and Loki, interesting, then mm. I'll you know I'll give uh, I'll give Black Widow benefit of the doubt. We still have about a month away until that comes out. Yeah, I also think that it has to do with a lot of names that they're starting to pull, you know, from yeah. and putting into the series. You know, you have Owen Wilson and then for Black Widow, you have David. Uh, I'm going to try to Yeah, you know, you yeah. have him. Like, I think it's about those names that they're pulling to. That's mm-hmm. really going to start driving those pieces. Um, yeah. Also, that Asian guy or. Oh, um, the guy that plays Jimmy Woo. No, 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 the guy we were, the clerk or whatever that takes the Tesseract from Loki. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. N- nothing memorable. I, I see nothing. Hmm, okay. I think he just has one of those faces, but I see nothing. I Maybe I saw him in like a bit role on a TV show. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. But, uh, but yeah, uh, um, I'm, I'm definitely inter- interested in Loki. Uh, comes out on Wednesdays on Disney Plus, so uh, now I can go grab my comics and read those and watch Loki on one day. I love it. Hey, Wednesday is the new Friday. Serious, seriously, it's mid work week and everybody needs some downtime, and so it's something to look forward to. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's go ahead and hop right into the next thing. Let's uh, little do a little hard transition here, right into uh, Batwoman. And this is one's gonna be a little bit short, but Quinn, what did you think of that first look at uh, Luke Fox and the Batwing suit from Batwoman? Uh, it looked really cool uh, when I was talking to Sonny about it. Um, he was sharing it with me. I told Sonny right away. I said, man, this looks so comic accurate. It's not even funny. And also gives me a tiny bit of Batman Beyond vibes exactly like what if, i was thinking when i first like saw if it. they yeah if they modify that suit just a little bit and put some tinges of red on it and like mm-hmm. put the symbol is red mm-hmm. man i yeah yeah i still would have loved to see that batman beyond movie uh because they were developing one and then they went with batman begins instead um and dc dude yeah but um yeah All no right. it um I, I have liked this new season. I'm still very, very behind. Um, oh, you and me both. I'm yeah, I'm so very, far. very behind. But that is not because of lack of interest. That is because CW has a very terrible schedule when it comes to um, putting shows on hold for like weeks at a time. And then I just forget they come back. So uh, what I've been doing with Batgirl since this season started is just binging like four or five episodes at a time and then forgetting about it for a while and then coming back and doing another couple episodes. Yeah. Have you caught up on Superman and Lois? It's only two episodes that you should be behind. No, I have not. I have not. Uh, I've been very deep into Westworld and now I'm watching uh, his Dark Materials on uh, HBO. 
Um, but yeah, I, I plan on getting back to those. Um, I'm going to have a, a long lull without work for a little bit. Um, I feel, I, yeah, so that, that's probably when I'm going to be able to do it in about two weeks. Okay. Yeah, just catch, up, catch, just catch up, up with catch everything. Up. Yeah, I got I mean, a lot of reading to do, too, so. <laughs> you and me both, man. Uh, my pile is just goes down and then goes right back up. At least you always have something to read. Oh, uh, man, I'm kind of starting to wish I would be looking at an empty desk instead of a desk full of books. But yeah, you're, you're also right. You're also right. Yeah. The, there, uh, there will be a time. <laughs> there will be a time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, very, very excited to see this. Um, I think that this is probably going to be the closest thing we're going to get to Batman when it comes to Batwoman. That yeah. and possibly, possibly a Robin, but I don't think so. No, I really don't. I can't see it. No. no, I can't either. Unfortunately, I want but it. I but... <laughs> am no. excited about Titans Red Hood being introduced. I'm very, very excited about that. You know, so, I'm actually kind of surprised that that show has not been canceled. You and me both. It's, to be it's fair, gotten, it's gotten a very like lukewarm reception. It's not bad. It's not good. It's there. It's, it's happening. There. It's there. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel the same way about uh, the other one with Cyborg in it. Oh, uh, Doom Patrol. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's in the same vein as uh, Legends of Tomorrow. That show is just weird enough to mm. capture people. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It is. That it is. Yeah. I'll take that. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, I, I think that a few of those shows left over from the aftermath of what DC tried is. I think that they they need a revamp, maybe not. You know, obviously new actors, but I think that they need a new what do you call it? Writers, Jesus, writers yeah. behind them no, to right. take it in a different direction. You're right. Um, uh, and what what I think they need to do is um, I know we're all trying to emulate Marvel. I mean, everybody, I mean, down to Fast Five is trying to take like the Marvel, the Marvel root of things of making sure everything's all connected. There's like a universe. Uh, but maybe DC's strength is good storytelling, because honestly, DC's two best shows, in my opinion, uh, are Superman and Lois, which is self-contained. And also Stargirl, which is star which is uh, self-contained. Um, I've also heard really good things about Swamp Thing, and it didn't get canceled because it didn't have good reception. It got canceled because they had arguments about, like, you know, shooting on location, Louisiana, I think. But, no, um, I mean, Superman and Lois, I mean, I think that that's not going to be self-contained for much longer. You know? Yeah, I mean, which is kind of a shame because... I, so I I wouldn't be surprised if he made a I don't know if we talked about this yet. So mm. Flash has a final season coming next year, mm. and they've already discussed that the first five episodes are going to be crossover episodes with other heroes from that universe. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Superman was one of them. I know that they've also talked to uh, Black Lightning. Um, I think they're still working out deals with the guy who I cannot remember his name that plays Black Lightning, uh, but his show is already over. And so I think 
Flash a, a farewell, like a proper farewell, because he was supposed to be like the, full, the new flagship. And yeah. then now that's ending. I think all I mean, their contracts ended up being up. I just think that they, they had to have seen that coming. Like you can't as much as we all wanted to, you can't run a show for that long. You know, like, um, like I, said, I think it would have been successful without the pandemic being in the way. Honestly, I don't think any of those shows that would have, I don't think any of those shows except for maybe uh, Supergirl would have been canceled if not for the pandemic. I don't know, man. Flash was just it wasn't hidden anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, at least for me. And yeah, I know Sunny fell off a long time ago, but I don't know. I I feel yeah. like it, it for those particular things, like I said before, I think that if they canceled it nice and early, you know, mm-hmm. I think the season eight, season seven is a good marker. Um, and then just brought them back for consistent like crossover episodes or guest guest appearances that that would work out. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I feel like the show struggled with uh, identity for a long yeah. time um, yeah. because uh, first two seasons, I feel like they they like dropped all of their eggs into those baskets and then mm-hmm. they were like, well, shit, what do I do? But I think the last season that I found really enjoyable was the was that the sixth season? Thinker one, right? Thinker. Yeah, I think Thinker was really well done. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, I, the the last season that was taking off of the new Flash stuff with like blood work and Godspeed is his name. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. didn't I just didn't find that terribly interesting. And I've heard that the comic itself is good. I guess the show just didn't handle it very well. Well, the thing with the thing with blood work and both blood work and Godspeed, which I can see blood work being a. Uh, you know, little beginning season villain, Ugh. which he was. Don't get but, me started, man. I love that actor too. That's not his fault, right? I cannot blame him. I think that Bloodwork and Godspeed both, but should have been season villains. You know, instead yeah. of Godspeed wasn't even technically a villain. He made yeah. an appearance in like two or three episodes, and that was it. Yeah. It was, Extremely frustrating to see something like that. Well, see, they should have started the season with Crisis and then moved forward. The thing is that every single show suffered from the gear up to Crisis, mm. and they had to waste time to get there. Mm. And then Flash was unfortunately a victim of that. Yeah, but I think this is this is all going to loop back to my original thought at that Superman is now going to become the new Arrow and just take over as you should yeah yeah and i think that they need to create more off of that aka do green lantern you know um they are at hbo max which is going to be a different thing yeah that that's true but i think that they need to take that uh story that they they had constructed clearly they were gonna do something i think they need to take that and do something with it you know, You're talking about with like Diggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I thought that they would have at least done that for the last season, but they didn't. Right. They did absolutely nothing. All he did was pick up the ring and that was it. Mm. Like, come on, man. I don't know, uh, man. 
but uh i i guess we instead instead of running uh you know this conversation along with flash into the ground Jesus, uh, yeah. <laughs> why don't we uh why don't we discuss the next topic also yeah. i have a mystery i have a mystery topic right after this because we, we need to talk about something but go okay. ahead <laughs> um yeah so for those who do not know capcom is now getting sued for essentially using photos from a book that Judy A, and I'm going to butcher last name because I always do, Judy A. Jeracker or Jeraki or Jerakuk. Um, anyway, they're, yeah, they're taking photos from her book, which is a book of photos for designers that's of textures. So th- they're getting accused of using those identical photos for things inside of Resident Evil and Devil May Cry. And it has become this whole big thing. I mean, one of the yeah. main, main things is the Resident Evil 4 logo where she has a picture of broken glass in her book. And it is spot for spot identical with the Resident Evil 4 broken glass logo. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. I saw mm. this somewhere. I can't even tell you the full story because I don't remember it all. But mm. I want to say that that resident the Capcom is being sued by someone else because a monster that was in the current Resident Evil game was mm. also ripped off of either a game or uh, something yep. that someone else had created. Like it wasn't even similar. It was the exact same thing. Yeah, it's a it's a movie. Uh, it is Frankenstein's. Sorry, hold on, I have it here in my notes. Uh, oh, perfect. Someone's prepared. <laughs> yeah, it is a Dutch filmmaker named Richard. Again, last name Rapperhurst. Rapperhurst, probably closer than the first last name I tried to pronounce. Yeah, uh, his film Frankenstein's <laughs> Army, and yeah, it's. Uh, I looked it up, and it's it's spot on. It's pretty much the yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's it's not a good look for Capcom, honestly. Um, no, not at all, yeah. man. And the thing is that this is not the first scandal that they've had in the last couple of years because the whole like uh, Hideo Kojima thing, uh-huh. like I feel like just happened a couple of years ago where he like got angry over the creative control and he was trying to create something, you know, of his own volition. And uh and uh, it's sad to hear that. I mean, we, we all know that there's no such thing as an original idea. But uh, I mean, damn, guys, I mean, come on. The, the Internet's a thing. And to, to blatantly steal someone's work without any credit when that could be a phone call and a royalty check. Uh, really, really makes me sad. And the, the, the craziest part for me personally is it's textures. And designs like really you couldn't just come up with your own. Like there was one picture where it was a book from Resident Evil four and it had like uh, it looked like some kind of Greek god and that just had like clouds around them. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you couldn't come up with your own version of that, dude. Like, really? Something so simple like the monster thing. I understand that's that's a hard road to go down something to create something like that on your own. That's I get that. But I mean, I under I understand that I'm sure everyone in the video game industry or any industry really has a a time crunch. Mm. And I'm sure that they have people breathing down their neck to get the work done quickly. But again, 
plagiarism is a big, big no-no in any place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, the, the lady, she has well over 80 to 200 photographic proof of instances of her work being copied. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and then also the main thing that happened that she found out about this was because of the uh, hack in November of 2020 um, where Capcom got hacked and a whole bunch of stuff got leaked out for Resident Evil Village before it was done being developed. Mm. One of the things that got leaked out along with that was um, essentially those photos or photos reportedly photos Mm -hmm. from their essential from their hard drive of, you know, high resolution artistic work essentially so yeah like the like the models yeah so see how that pans out but uh that's a shame not a good look capcom i love i love resident evil but uh come on guys get it together before i forget this let's talk about uh things that aren't being plagiarized um (laughs) (laughs) um but uh okay so uh we're we're going to head back over to the Marvel camp for a minute. Um I found this to be really really interesting and I I had shared this with the group about a week ago and I I couldn't let the story go. I'm so excited. Um so uh Marvel just revealed that there is going to be a brand new Hulk series that is uh being written by Donny Cates, which has been currently writing Venom and is going to be drawn by Ryan Otley, who is very hot right now because he is the one that who has who's been drawing amazing Spider-Man, but he is known for his art on Invincible. He was a co-creator in, on Invincible. Um, I think this is a perfect move by Marvel, but it gets better. So not only is Donny Cates and Ryan Otley going to be on Hulk, but then the current team for Hulk right now of Al Ewing is then going to flip with him to do Venom. So they are just flipping books. Um, I feel like both of those books for Marvel have been incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a really, really smart move um, from Marvel. And we're going to be seeing our. Um, we're going to be seeing our first glimpse of that on free comic book day in August. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about this? Um freaking excited i'm not gonna lie immortal immortal hulk is one of my favorite books that is out right now and it it has absolutely made the hulk one of my favorite marvel characters because Mm -hmm. of that book specifically i love it i absolutely love it and i'm excited to see now i haven't caught up on venom so i already know that the writer and all that is really good but Mm -hmm. i'm I'm very excited to see where they take this and what's going to happen yeah, I'm I'm very, very excited to see this. Um uh but they say that they're going to uh do a deep dive into what make Hulk tick and is gonna explore his destructive legacy in a way that no one has dared before. Now, uh Donnie Cates is currently writing Venom. As we said, his last issue is coming out, I believe, in the end of this month, maybe beginning of next month. Uh he's mm-hmm. also currently writing Thor. Um, I find it really interesting what heroes or more or what books in general Donny Cates decides to put himself on. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's been a thing that I've read uh, independent or uh, big two wise that Donny Cates has done that I haven't liked. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I still got to hand over to you uh, this book's redneck that he's doing over at Image still currently. Yes, uh, those are really yes. really good. No, but, I gotta uh, get that. Yep. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see the free comic book day preview of that book. I'm also going to be very sad um, because Immortal Hulk is ending, and so is Venom, and both of those runs are going to be looked back at the same way that like Walt Simonson's Thor run is going to be looked at. I feel like these are going to be like legendary runs uh, that people are going to keep going back to and keep talking about for years because both both of those creators have made really big marks over at Marvel. Oh, yeah. And my thing is, too, like the fact that he wants to take a deeper dive into Hulk to see what makes him tick, like thinking of what has already been done mm-hmm. makes me more excited of what could come. Because they've already done a huge dive into Devil Hulk and the inside inside workings of Bruce Banner's mind and what it's actually like. Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of interesting runs of Hulk as of lately. Uh Um, Some of them haven't haven't hit quite as big as I maybe wanted them to, Uh because there was a really good run right before Immortal Hulk uh, where he had a persona of Doc Green. And Doc Green's whole thing is that he wanted to kill off all of the like gamma irradiated heroes like A-Bomb and She-Hulk and Red She-Hulk and all those. And I thought that run was also really, really good. So I like to hear that people want to come in and make a otherwise boring character of the Hulk interesting again. Mm. Uh, The fact that Hulk sales were outpacing Batman at one point is just insanity to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, but uh, that just proves that there's no such thing as a bad character. It's just all about how you approach and how you write and how you take on that character. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought I'd share that because, God, I love love hearing stuff like that. I just want Marvel to keep killing it. Same thing with DC. Yeah, DC is always not killing it. Um, I don't think they'll. <laughs> I think they'll keep doing that. But I still love. Them. I still love them. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into what we've uh, what we've read and uh, what, what's going on in the comic book world as far as what's coming up. Yeah, uh, you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, okay. So Swamp Thing. I just finished the first three issues, and I'm. Have you read any of the new Swamp Thing stuff? I haven't, but I heard great things about it. I never thought that I would care so much for Swamp Thing. I mean, it's and this is the future state stuff. Uh, Infinite Frontier stuff. Ah, OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's just like you said, like you literally just said, it's all about the writing and what direction they take it in. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool because it's a, uh, a newer person that at least I'm not familiar with Levi, um, as we're used to Alec being Swamp Thing. And essentially he is struggling with becoming this this thing and he's consistently having nightmares and then becoming Swamp Thing and then um, not really realizing that it's happening. So he gets taken to his friend is a doctor. They go to the hospital, tries to do some tests, and then she ends up gets getting sucked into this world where there's poison ivy. There's uh, Alec, who was the old Swamp Thing, and there's just all these green creatures or whatever you want to call them. Um, And, you know, he's uh, now we're at the part where he's trying to save his friend 
and um, kind of walking with Alec and trying to figure things out. So I'm excited to see what happens next issue. In one of the issues uh, we see in one of the panels that uh, Batman is looking at the news of what has happened because a giant tree has sprouted in the middle of the desert of where Levi is living. So hmm. we'll see. We'll see where Batman comes into play in this. I and mean, he's only made that one appearance thus far. So I'm excited yeah, to find uh, out about that. Batman seems to have a bit of a history with Swamp Thing in the past. Um, I forget what story it was, but there was a really sad story. I want to say it was something that spun off a of metal, maybe. But huh. it was really sad. It was all about like Batman and Swamp Thing, and it it was it was an emotional issue. Mm. But um, but yeah, um, I, gosh, I don't even know where I want to start. Um, so I'm going to start with something old, and I want to start with something new. Um, so something old that I'm reading is uh the guy who is well at least was currently writing Flash, uh Joshua Williamson. He got his start. His big break was over at Image. It was a book called Ghosted. Uh, it's possibly going to be adapted into a Amazon series, I believe. Um, but it was written by Skybound. It was around the time that Walking Dead got started. Um, but it is a, a horror book. Uh, it is about a guy who is broken out of prison by a very, very rich man who pretty much has everything. Um, and he is very big into uh, acquiring things that are not to be acquired. And um, he tells this guy, we don't know why immediately but he tells this guy he breaks out of prison that it is now his task to stay free by uh going to this haunted house this known haunted house and capturing one of the house's ghosts and that he was going to be paid very handsomely for it and that he's allowed to get his own um his own team together and so it's very interesting this guy uh gets this famous medium um he gets two Two like ghost hunters that you'd find on TV, uh, a, a skeptic, a guy who absolutely does not believe what's in front of his face, and <laughs> um, I forget who the other guy was. Oh, like a thief. And basically, this this group of people like absolutely don't trust each other, but they're all in it for a insane amount of money if they were able to pull this off. And everything doesn't, you know, isn't exactly what it seems. And the series is very, very dark. It's very interesting. Um, I read the first volume over the week. And I can't wait to see where that goes. Um, on the side of new books that I've read, um, I am currently now caught up with X-Men. That has been very good with Hellfire Gala. We talked about that last week. Mm -hmm. Um but what I really want to talk about is uh, Spider Shadow. Number three came out this week. Um, I don't want to spoil any, anything for you, Nick, but things are now currently wildly different than where they were in the MCU. Um, did you read the second issue? Okay. So you know last issue, Doc Ock was killed. So this issue shows Eddie Brock as Doc Ock. Yeah. Okay. Very different because he was the one that stabbed him, if you remember. Mm hmm. Um, and so this issue sees the Sinister Six going after Spider-Man and no one gave a shit that Dr. Octopus died. Apparently he just like in the original books, he was belittling a lot of his colleagues, you know, being like Electro and uh, 
uh, Rhino and Mysterio mm-hmm. and Craven. And so they're like, yeah, oh, cool. He's he's dead. That's fine. We'll follow this new kid. I mean, maybe maybe he'll actually do something. Um, And then J. Jonah Jameson, of course, gets directly involved this time. So he is one of the six members of the Sinister Six. The man um, has a broken hand. Take it easy, JJ. <laughs> but uh, that is, this issue is very interesting. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that because uh, I really want everyone to go and read it for themselves. Uh, that issue is very interesting, and I also want to go and eat my words. Uh, I am now currently loving uh, Tom King. I think it's Tom King. Um, Tom King is doing a miniseries called Batman the Detective. Yes. And uh, boy, that book has gotten so, so good. This whole issue that just came out today uh, focuses on the early years of Bruce Wayne basically hunting down uh, Henry Ducard, which is like a legendary thief and basically uh, him teaching Bruce like all of the ropes. And then what that means for present day Bruce Wayne, because as we found out in the last issue, he was almost murdered. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. I feel like the book is is finally picking up. I feel like it is now very much worth my time, and I'm looking forward to that next issue. Um, so a lot of good miniseries coming out right now. Um, yeah. I also want to give a honorable mention to a book that I don't know anybody else that's, that's reading this in my circle. Um, but uh, one of the books that I've been reading since like 2014 uh, is a book called Birthright. And uh, that's from Image Comics. It's been uh, it's been going for a very, very long time. It today was its final issue at issue 50. Uh, it was really, really emotional for me uh, knowing that I was picking up that comic today because this is a series that I totally fell in love with years and years ago. Uh, best way I can describe it is like an R rated Narnia um, kid goes missing in the woods and ends up um, ends up in a totally different world where uh they believe him to be like the chosen one he's supposed to be stopping this uh dark sorcerer that has been like plaguing the land for like years and years and years but in this world time moves so much quicker and so when he comes back out of the portal and finds his way back to earth even though it's been a year and hour time he's he's like in his 40s and he's like conan the barbarian almost okay um but it, it was a very, very interesting book um, that was uh, being done by yeah, I cannot remember who it is, but it's another big name that's like now been in Marvel and DC for a month for a lot of time. Um, but uh, yeah, I was really sad that that was ending today. I uh, never thought that was something that I'd ever have to remove off of my pull list, but it literally made made its way to the finish line. And I'm, I'm really sad about it. It was a perfect series. Um, one of the things I think superheroes have trope wise is that when the villain is defeated, the book ends where this book's last arc was what comes after. <laughs> and so I thought cool. it was really it was really interesting to wrap up things in a quieter manner than just villains defeated book over. Yeah, you know, no, that's and, very cool. Yeah, you know, we had we had a whole extra six issues on top of that dealing with, you know, well, where does the family go now? You know, what what is normal now that Earth has been exposed to magic? 
Mm-hmm. And how to combat that, and you know how to, you know their their family has been pretty much separated through most of the book, and finally getting that reunion and a happy ending was really nice. But uh, awesome. yeah, yeah, uh, not even not even some of the books that I have to read this week, but I will leave it there. Uh, next week, I might uh, might make might make it into a small discussion for uh, Batman Earth One Volume Three for the three of us. But, uh, all right, all right, all right. Well, I think that uh, just about wraps everything up for the day. Unless you have any final thoughts. Um, nope. I just want to say, uh, go go watch Loki. I can't wait to uh, discuss it with the people online. Um, hopefully, Sonny will be back with us next time. Uh, I know he's uh, laying out on uh, Sunny Pool sides, um, getting his tan on. I guess. <laughs> oh, maybe. Sunny in the sun. Sunny getting the sunny. I'm trying to come up with something clever, but that didn't work out. All right. Well, my name is Nick. (laughs) My name's Gwen. And this has been Comics Collective. Bye, Craig. (laughs) Fuck out of here, Craig.